0: Welcome into another episode of ESPN's Hoops Podcast. My name's Kane Pittman and alongside me, my espn.com.au colleague Olgan Ullrich and after one podcast together in the studio, unfortunately we have once again been separated. Hawks is in LA right now. I'm just in Melbourne. But it's still a very beautiful city, it has to be said. <laughs> Olga, uh, you've had a busy last week or so at Las Vegas Summer League. We might just briefly touch on some of the things that you've seen there. We're going to look ahead to the FIBA World Cup. We're both going to be covering that uh, for ESPN. And of course, you'll be able to watch all the Boomers games uh, live on ESPN exclusive there as well. So we'll talk about some training camp stuff, some Boomers squad, and really just catching up and running by what we've seen, what we've been hearing, and what we've been talking about over the last few
1: weeks. I mean, I feel like you and I are sort of scattered around the globe to an extent and so is, so is just everyone in Australian basketball leading up to World Cup stuff and then NBL stuff and then the NBA it feels like it's just all happening right now right so everyone everyone seemed to be everyone except for you uh was in Vegas uh, <laughs> we all went through that that was a that was a hell of a trip um and then yeah I'm in LA seeing some there are some Australians out here working out you're in Melbourne there are a ton of Australians out there working out it just seems like everyone's like I don't know do, do you I don't know if it's just me but that feels like it's it's amping up they like it's i'm getting jittery like it's something's like something's coming and something is coming The the world cup boomers camp starts in like less than two weeks
0: i had approximately 24 hours of feeling like okay this is going to be a bit of a dead basketball period because it normally is once summer league wraps up so i thought that it was about to be quiet then i went to melbourne united practice yesterday and you've got Josh Giddy and Dyson Daniels and Jock Landau and Jack White and then Matthew Dellavedova's out there, Chris Golding, obviously scrimmaging as well. <laughs> and you're like, hang on a second, the Boomers are in town because they have got a training camp coming up, some warm-up games in August, and we are just over a month away from the tip-off of the FIBA World Cup. So I very quickly realized after my 24 hours of putting the feet up that, no, 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 it's time to get down to business and it's going to be really exciting uh, for fans of Australian basketball and the Boomers in particular.
1: Yeah, so I, I did something similar where I came to LA largely just to just to unwind after Vegas because everyone was in Vegas. It was cool to watch everyone. And I head into Jordan Lawley's gym and first person I see is Alex Tui working out. New next star for the Sydney Kings. And then Jonah Bolden walks in. So I get a chance to see him work out and, and on be on the court for the first time in like three years as well. So I'm seeing all these guys. Benki Joyce and other Australians in there too. They did some runs today with Peyton Pritchard. Zach Levine's going to be in there tomorrow. And so it's just like everyone's just doing something, but I don't I, like that's been enjoyable. But I want to know about the the runs yesterday because it seemed like there was vision sort of like scattering through Twitter, through Instagram of this of these runs. And you know, the first one I see, I see Giddy, what like a little pick and roll to Landale, and then I see Dyson Daniels with a with a huge block that leads to a breakout, and I see Jack White with a big dunk. So it's like, okay, every, every how was everyone at this? um tell us tell us you were there tell us about it
0: it was awesome and there was a, a ton of people there and i'm not sure but i i assume everyone within the melbourne united organization got wind of who was going to be there so nobody was missing <laughs> there was a few media members that were down there uh, because we knew that delhi was going to be there so i actually wasn't 100 sure i had a fair idea that there was going to be some of the boomers whether it was jock and jack who obviously have ties to playing with Melbourne United but the other two guys were Giddy and Daniels they've spent a lot of time working out at Hoop City over the years so I guess not a not a huge surprise but the idea that we were all in there while well, you get some genuine five on five and it wasn't brief I mean they scrimmaged for about an hour and it was kind of just cool it get you excited for the World Cup you had Giddy, Daniels, Landau, Jack White and Zach Triplett on a team of five. <laughs> and they predominantly went up against Dali, uh, Chris Golden, Ariel Hookporty, who we can get to in a little bit because he just looked absolutely mm. awesome. Shea Illy and Brad Newley was out there as well in the other five. So basically the the main core of what Melbourne United hopes is going to be their, their roster this year. But you can imagine if you're watching these guys scrimmage against each other and you've got a backcourt of Matthew Delavadova and Shea Illy and they're trying to guard <laughs> Dyson Daniels and Josh Giddey, they weren't taking a backward step. It was physical. There was bodies hitting the floor. And honestly, for July and a scrimmage where uh, these guys have all just come together and and are uh, uh, playing uh, what would have been a Melbourne United mini camp. It was a high standard and it was tough and competitive and just really damn fun to watch.
1: So from the vision that I saw, uh, very enjoyable watching Dean Vickerman just be up and about yelling. <laughs> I mean, I, I get Jock Landau, Jack White, these guys are used to that, but I just love the idea of Dean Vickerman, the head coach of Melbourne United. He's he's here for his team, like not that he doesn't care about the Boomers, but he's, his priority is Melbourne United, and he's yelling at Giddy and then Dyson and all these guys. So that was cool. Gorge was in the building, right? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that changes things too. That makes it more than just, oh, these guys are here for a United like little run. It's, it's just runs. Now it felt like it was a little bit more serious. It felt like it was, this is Gorge's first real chance to see all of these guys in the same place. When I say all these guys, I, I mean, including Giddy beyond 2021, which was the last time that Gorge really saw him in person. And with Dyson Daniels in there as well, uh, seeing that, that crop together must have felt very cool for Gorge. Um, and then I wonder, was there any kind of indicators of a giddy Landale partnership? Because that's one thing I, I, cause I imagine, you know, Patty Mills is going to be prolific again in his own way, the way he always is in boomers basketball. And we'll see uh, how the team operates when they guard really well. And they run with, with guys like Matisse and Josh green and Dante, But the Giddy Landau thing, I think, takes them to a new level, right? It's it's a new look that they have. I think we saw it with and Bogut a few years ago in Rio. I feel like Giddy Landau is going to be a thing. Did you see indicators that, all right, there's already a little connection there?
0: Yeah, Jock Landau setting some heavy screens right throughout this scrimmage. But clearly, there was a lot of heavy two-man offense with Giddy and Jock Landau. Landau, yes, he was guided by Porty a little bit, but Hook Porty is still getting his win back. So he didn't play at the entirety of the game. And he had a few uh, spells from uh, time to time. And then Landau was probably just too big. I mean, the NBA guys played the yeah. majority of the hour. So it probably wasn't a perfect encapsulation of what you think you're going to see at the World Cup. But I think we can lock it in. You know Landau's going to start. Josh Giddey will start for the Boomers. That's no problem. I found it more interesting Dyson Daniels facilitating a little bit because we saw him at Summer League in a significantly expanded role with the Pelicans, he averaged over six assists per game. It's something that when I sat down with him a few months ago, he spoke about He said, no, 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 I want to go to Summer League because I want to show what I've I've grown or how my offensive game has grown. He believes that that's what he can do at the NBA level. Not necessarily has to be a starting point guard, but a guy that can control the half-court offense. So to me, you get the rebound, it might be Jack White flying in, taking the ball off the glass. You've got Daniels on one side of him, Giddy on the other. <laughs> and these two young stars are just bringing the ball up and they're getting into offense and really getting into the paint at will. And they're so damn big. And I mentioned Dally yeah. and Illy. Perhaps the the best defensive backcourt in the NBL if they're both healthy and they're both out there. And Giddy and Daniels are just so damn big. And there was just times where <laughs> those guys were defending him and there's nothing they can do because they've got four four inches over, over those two guys a little bit more. So I think that was the exciting part because we know Giddy wasn't there at the Olympics and he's going to come in. This boomer squad is stacked, particularly at the guard position. And Daniels, he's continued growth. And what he can do for the boomers maybe immediately in this world cup was what I walked away feeling really excited about.
1: Yeah. So going into this campaign, I've, I've I've had my list of who I think is going to make this team. Um, And toward the bottom of the list is the sort of backup point guard or third string point guard. And it right now in my notes, it says Dyson slash Delhi. It feels like that's what that last spot is going to come down to those two. Um, when I was in Vegas, walking through Resorts World, which is where a lot of the teams stay, so you just see a lot of players walking around. Um, I, I see Giddy, say hello. Dyson comes by, and Dyson's huge. Dyson looked yes. bigger than Giddy, which was <laughs> crazy, right? Which I, and I, I've i known Dyson since he was a teenager. He looked, he looked as big as I've ever seen him. Uh, I spoke to an executive who has sort of been aware of dyson daniels for quite a long time and he he said he saw them he saw him this week and said he's a man like dyson you know baby face soft skin whatever he, he this guy looked at dyson and said he's a man now what like what the hell what's happened to dyson daniels and so based on that based on the way he performed at summer league based on just what where his body looks right now it's it's feeling like more and more likely that this is Dyson's spot to lose right now to the point where I almost think that he's already got himself a spot on this team based on just what he's been showing over the past few weeks in summer league and the way he looks and clearly by the sounds of it, the way he operated at that mini at that run, granted it was sort of like a United minicamp sort of vibe. Sounds like he looked as ready as anyone.
0: Yeah. Knocked down a couple of threes and the defensive stuff, just like so eye-catching. You mentioned a block that we've seen uh, all over social media the last 24 hours, but that wasn't the only one. There was multiple blocks, and they were going off the backboard. They were going off the back wall. And he <laughs> is just so damn athletic, and I think that's the biggest thing when we've looked at the Boomers in the past. You've had high-quality NBA players, well cast players on the Boomers, but when you see these young guys with Daniels and Josh Green is another one, and Jack White who – this is a guy that had his ruptured Achilles 18 months ago, 24 months ago, and some mm. of the lobs that he caught didn't even make sense that he could get that high. He's just a, a next-level athlete as well. But you mentioned the squad, and I asked Dali after practice, straight up, have you got any anxiety or stress about what's to come <laughs> at this training camp? Because I think it's a very valid question. and and, and I'm just looking at the squad, and it's not necessarily – I wasn't asking that specifically because I think he's the one that's going to miss out – I don't know. There is a number of guys, but he has been a legend of the Boomers, an absolute staple of this team for over a decade. So I don't know whether he's ever felt this way, but I look at it from the outside and he's been a lock for 10 years. So now you come into this and I'm crunching the numbers and I I got asked this on SportsCenter yesterday. So let me ask you, Ben Simmons, we know, isn't going to be there. So that leaves 10 other NBA currently rostered players. So you got Giddy Green, Ingles, Landau, Mills, Thiebel, Cooks, Daniels, Exum, and Jack White. So that's your 10. So the question I yep. was asked, is there going to be two NBA players that miss out on the final World Cup squad? So essentially, is one of those 10, in addition to Ben Simmons, going to miss out on the final squad? So that's 10. You've only got a final 12. And I'm looking at Nick yep. Kay, DeWop Reef, Chris Golden, Matthew Delavidova. That takes you to 14 just with those guys there. I think that they're going to get down to the situation for the first time really ever where they will have to make a decision maybe on guys that are in the NBA. And it's just unthinkable to think about. It's crazy. And I I, I don't I don't envy Brian Gorgian and the staff. That's for damn sure.
1: So I, I want to know your answer to that. But I, I have an answer because on that list that I was mentioning earlier, as much as Dyson slash Jelly has been a thing on my list, so has Cooks slash White. Um, again, just the the feel I get is that there's room for one of those guys because I don't see a world where Nick Kay misses out on this team. I don't see a world where Chris Golding misses out. Josh Green is in. Dante is in. Granted, Dante may be a question mark just because of the loss of his father recently, but I feel like he'll play. So then it, then it comes down to that sort of, that energy guy, the the rim runner, the the reason why Xavier Cooks was picked in in that 2019 World Cup team because he just showed out at camp and you know that that energy was something that the team wanted. Jack White brings a similar thing, but with shooting, Xavier Cooks is bigger, uh has the same sort of defensive versatility, probably probably a better post player and and maybe finishes better inside the paint. I think it's a toss-up between those two. Uh, and that's just assuming, it, does, does Duop Reith not make it and you, you put both of those guys in? I don't think so. I think you need you need that big depth. And I thought Duop Reith was, was really solid um, in in the summer league. Uh, and, and you had a chat with him recently too. So it, it feels like either Cooks or White. And whenever I kind of process that in my brain, I think, he, uh, Coach can't leave Cooks off, off this team. And then I think, Coach can't leave Jack White off this team. So I don't know, but I feel like it's going to unfortunately be one of those two.
0: So I said yes. I I said I think that another NBA player will miss it, but I didn't actually- Did you say who? No, no. Oh, coward, coward, cowardly. That's right. But we know, (laughs) uh, but the the reason why I said that was the guys you mentioned. So to me, if I go back to the boomer squad in Tokyo, you had Jock Landau, Aaron Baines, Dwap breath. So this is only two years ago. And they took three centers. Now, they're not going to do that. I wouldn't imagine. But I do think that you got to take 12 brief because you would suggest on paper this is going to be a pretty versatile and flexible boomers roster. But So I don't think it would be a big role because you expect that Jock Landau is going to play up to 30 minutes a game and then you can mix and match your lineups a little bit if you want. Maybe you do go small depending on the uh, opponent. But I think you have to have a backup five just in case something goes wrong, and maybe it's health stuff. Knock on wood, that's not the case. Maybe it's early foul trouble. But I think that carrying or going in without a backup five wouldn't make a lot of sense. So I think Dwap Reith is there, and then I think Nick Kaye is there. And Chris Golding is the best shooter on the squad. And I, I just think that he still played 12 minutes per game in Tokyo. Not an absolutely major role. But watching the scrimmage yesterday, and I don't think anyone needs to watch Chris Golding anymore to understand what this man is capable of. But some of the shots that he can get off while being guarded by Daniels or Giddy or whoever it may be is just absolutely outrageous. And I think it's a safety valve you're going to need with the offense. And by the way, he also had the nicest pass of the day, which I believe might have caught uh, social media way, a a look away from the top of the perimeter under the basket. It was absolutely beautiful. So I, I think... I've always thought, and it's, t- it's tough now that I'm crunching the numbers, but I also always thought that Chris Golden was going to be there as well. That's already 13, guys. Yeah. And then we didn't talk about the experience <laughs> of Dali, number 14. So, yeah, I-, I think that you're going to have to pick a basketball team and you're going to have to look what makes sense positionally from a basketball perspective rather than just the names, which ultimately, if you're Australia, that's exactly where you want to be uh, with the game of basketball and the national team.
1: Yeah. So two things on Chris Golding. I think outside of the fact that th- there is a ton of value in FIBA basketball to have a no-leave shooter, uh, even if you play him like seven minutes one game and play him fourteen the next and play him get him a DMP the next game, there's a ton of value in just a version of that. Uh, Chris Golding is the only version of that on this team really, outside of the the main prolific guys, outside of Ingles, Patty, Patty. those guys. Um, and there's a something that's probably understated and, and maybe not enough people know, but there's a ton of respect for Chris Golding from those NBA guys, from Jock Landau, from Josh Giddy, from these guys. It, and and that's an important thing to, when you, when you're losing Aaron Baines, when you potentially might not have Matthew Delvedover on the team, Andrew Bogut retired, you know, that, that senior core is slowly fizzling away. And so having someone who was at the Rio Olympics was at the world was at the Tokyo Olympics was at the world cup having someone of that stature is really important too. And and I know that those NBA guys do respect him. So that's valuable on the way this team wants to play and, you know, building a team. Yeah. You know, I, I spoke with Gorge recently. That's a chat that will drop sometime on our ESPN platforms relatively soon. Um, he's really excited to play a really fast style, fast style. Uh, mm-hmm. He likes the idea of this team being long and athletic playing up and in and then forcing turnovers and running in transition. And so that means including, obviously, guys like Thiebel and Josh Green and, and Dante and you know either you know, Zave Cooks or Jack White. But, but like you said, these versatile lineups, I, I have a feeling that it will be largely positionless from one to four. Um, and then potentially from one to five, too. If, if zave Cooks is on this team, it, I wouldn't put it past Gorge to throw out a lineup that has Xavier Cooks at the five. Uh-huh. Throw a death lineup out there and see what happens. It might be a bit presumptuous to say we might see some Matisse Thibel at the five two. but I don't know if if they're going to play a funky style of play, who knows what they're going to do. um but yeah, I, I can envision in a game that would matter, Jock Landau getting roughly thirty minutes, you know, put aside ten minutes for a backup center, whether that's Duo or a Nick Kay or m- one of those bigger fours. I, and I don't see room for another center. And then yeah. And then I, I, I go back to the Dyson-Delhi argument. Do you pick the guy with the most positional versatility, which would be Dyson? Is that where you go across the board, the guy with the most positional versatility so you can try different funky lineups? I, I As much as I had a 40-minute chat with Gorge, it was really tough to really get an idea, but that was the feel. It was the feel that he wanted that sort of versatility.
0: Yeah, well, the question that, that I can't answer from the outside, but I ask people all the time that have been in there and have played is what value. And by the way, Dali looked great yesterday as well. I should say that. Mm. I know there's been discussions about his three point uh, routine, his three point technique, his shooting uh, stroke over the last few years. Quick, quicker than I've ever seen it. And, And so, so I don't know whether there's been another change, but he is letting that thing fly. And he knocked down, a pretty good clip yesterday as well. So Delhi looked great. So I, I don't want to make it out that if he makes a team, it's just purely for whatever the, the, the leadership, the knowledge, the big tournament experience. It wouldn't be because of that. Cause he's still, uh, I think going to have a, obviously a pretty good season with Melbourne United, but I do wonder where the value is in that. Uh, you've still got Patty Mills. You've still got Joe Ingalls. You've got a whole bunch of guys that won the bronze. So it's not like this is the most inexperienced team of all time. But I, I would be curious with the players and Gorgian and the coaching staff, what value they place on Dali's experience in the FIBA game and big tournament basketball.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if that'll matter as much because I imagine they're going to be leaning on Josh Giddy a lot for yep. playmaking duties. Um, and I think there's good reason to lean on Dante Exum as well. He's been in those moments as well. He's been in those moments with Partizan, so he's really excelled in as a point guard in FIBA basketball over the past three years. So there's no reason to think he can't do that. So if you're already leaning on Giddy, Patty, Joe Ingles, Dante, I guess you can get some creation if you want out of I don't know I don't know Josh Green or if you if you're playing Xavier Cooks, who is an elite NBL player. So he's shown that he can be elite in the FIBA game. You know, do you need another creator? Is the question. And then, if not, is is there such a void in leadership or in sort of veteran thinking that you need someone like Daly? Again, I don't, I don't really you know. Gorgeous thinking from that perspective. From a basketball perspective, he loves he loves athletes. We saw it with the, when he was with Illawarra Hawks. I, f- I feel like we saw it in uh, in Tokyo as well. He loves athletes and he wants to run like that. Um, the other part of it that I think is important to note is that there is no anyone in the boomers program from the coach down to the players have made no bones about the fact that as much as this is a tournament that they want to win and they want to excel in uh, and they're not treating this like it's anything other than a major tournament, which it is. This is a, a stepping stone toward the Paris Olympics. They want to make sure that they are as best prepared as they possibly can be for Paris. In my mind, that would lean toward picking the guys would more than likely be on that team and you would imagine that someone like dyson daniels is almost a lock for paris so why not use this to groom him they didn't need to do that in tokyo with giddy as much as perhaps they should have looking in hindsight um because they had they had two years until the next tournament um it feels like that's the sort of direction that they're going in and whether they actually follow through with that as far as the selection they've made it really, really obvious that they are looking ahead toward Paris.
0: Delhi did reference the Paris Olympics again yesterday. He's done it previously, but he did reference it yesterday in regards to, again, why he's come back to the NBL and he wants to play a full season there as well because there's no doubt there is going to be eyes ahead to that. The one last point I would make on the boomers, I mentioned the competitiveness and at times... Just a few little quiet words with each other as this scrimmage was going on, which you just love to see. But I asked a number of the guys that are going to be at the Boomers training camp, just about what they're expecting with the fight and the battle for spots and how tight this is going to be. Yeah, it's going to be on. And we've heard stories over the years about how competitive these camps can be. Um, But I don't think that anyone's entering this uh, with any other idea other than it is going to be a seriously seriously high level and high intensity camp there as the guys try and get to the final 12. I also with this conversation we've just had I've had it with a number of people now in regards to the boomers and pretty much anyone at this point can come to me with a really strong case for one player one reason why or another and I'm like yeah I can see that. So that's why I am so fascinated entering, the, entering this training camp and these exhibition games because I think there is different avenues you can go and I think whatever they decide to do I'm going to be able to look at it and talk myself into the reasons why uh, it makes perfect sense for this team and as I said it's just an awesome spot for Australian basketball to be in. I wanted to ask you about some NBL stuff because you've seen a, a whole I bunch Can ask you a
1: boomers thing first? Of course. Before we move on I'm sorry for interrupting but I feel like there's a, in Australian basketball circles, we, we talk about like the 14 guys, but it was an 18-man squad. So yes. I, I wanted to ask you, of those other guys, and I say that with the most respect, um, it's just the, within basketball circles, people aren't really talking about them. They sort of seem as, you know, camp, just carry-ons. Who out of these guys do you think has a chance to maybe sneak in there, in the same way that Xavier Cook snuck in to that 2019 World Cup team. He obviously got injured and didn't end up playing, but he was a surprise pick in that team. So out of Sam Froling, Thon Maker, William McDowell-White, Keanu Pinder. Which of those guys do you see as maybe, maybe impressing in camp? Maybe Gorge thinking, there's a spot for him. Maybe I don't put Dyson Daniels in this team. Maybe I don't put Xavier Cooks or Jack White in this team. Which one of those guys?
0: A man that was in Vegas, I saw this. He was lurking around, but he wasn't playing basketball in an official capacity at Las Vegas Summer League. I think the big fella Maker, and the reason why I would say that is because, first of all, Gorgian's seen him up close. He was a part of the World Cup qualifiers last year, and he just spoke absolutely glowingly about him. And the second reason would be that if you are trying to play fast, above the rim, out in transition, a five that can shoot the three, even though the numbers have been down a little bit. Thonmaker at least fits that description. But if he was going to be that guy, I would have had him in ahead of Dwight Reith. I don't. Again, I don't think you would taken yeah. more than more than two centers. And I do think, from what we saw with Dwight, plus the the obvious respect that this is a bronze medalist we're talking about, I think it's going to be really tough. But that's probably just positionally the one guy I would say.
1: Yeah, I'm. I feel I'm going to give it. The worst answer ever. I'm I'm it's tough to see any of those guys like cracking it. Um someone who I wish there was a spot for is is Will McDowell White. Because I think it would be very cool to see him in that situation. I think having him with Boomers level talent all around him would just make him so much better. Uh like there there aren't many creators and initiators and connectors like him. Uh like the only the only other one. Like him, he's probably Giddy, who's mm-hmm. at a different level, obviously. But I, I like the idea of, you know, if, for example, if Dante chooses not to play or if someone misses for one reason or another, I like the idea of McDowell White with talent around him and seeing what he can do in, in a boomer's uniform. He was awesome
0: last year at the World Cup uh, qualifiers, which is why everyone got so damn excited about what he could do at the NBL. And then he absolutely delivered uh, on that with the New Zealand Breakers last year. So I think it's a great answer. Uh, awesome guy as well. Someone you really want to uh, support and and hope to do uh, great things as well. Will McDowell White. So that's a that's a nice answer from you. Uh, so I was at Melbourne United practice yesterday. Uh, yes. Ariel Hookporty looked absolutely awesome. <laughs> like like yeah. unbelievable. The athleticism, the way he was throwing down some of those dunks. He hit the floor a couple of times as well, and I was watching without seeing him up close over the last few weeks in the last few months hadn't seen him for quite a while i was watching and i was sort of grimacing and just feeling highly concerned about some of the stuff he was doing on the floor but i was sitting uh after practice finished i was just sitting sort of courtside waiting to do uh, an interview with a couple of guys and Hookporty just came and sat down next to me and just started chatting and we'd done a few interviews in the past and just getting to talk to him And him talking about his body and the fact that he is jumping higher, he's more explosive. All the data suggests that he is even more athletic than he was before, which if you remember back, that's the same type of thing that happened with Jack White when he came back with his Melbourne United staff from a ruptured Achilles. He said that he has no concerns at all with anything that he's doing physically. The biggest question for him is just uh, getting oxygen in the lungs and getting his wind back. Uh, he did tell me he's highly disappointed about the injury to Joe Loyala Chul because he was excited about the prospect of th- of that tandem there. But yeah. we know it was a humongous setback last year at the Blitz when Hookporty ruptured his Achilles, but I walked away. If you ask me what the biggest takeaway was, non boomers related, it was not even close. It was how good he looked out on the floor. Really? So I am just so excited to for what he could potentially bring this year now.
1: Well, especially as a I imagine he's a starter for yep. this team to start the season. Uh, I wonder if if he's looking that good, and maybe it's a bit much to put on his shoulders, but are you maybe getting a, a low-cost replacement for JLA, trusting Huckporti to start and give you decent minutes and give you decent production and output, and then waiting for JLA to come back, and you're sort of rolling there? Or or, or are they still looking for a some sort of high-level guy to replace JLA with? From the sounds of it, it sounds like Hakporti might be in a place where they can maybe sort of roll the dice with starting him and, and sort of leaning on him a little bit, similar to the way that Melbourne did last year. Um, one thing that I am I immediately thought about when you're sort of describing the way Hakporti was playing is watching Luke Travers throughout the summer league, but especially in that championship game uh, against Houston, him sort of taking guys off the dribble, throwing lobs to Isaiah Mobley. Hmm. I can totally envision a ton of lobs from Luke Travers to Ariel Huckporty. Luke Travers in the short role, help comes, he throws it up. Huckporty is one of the most athletic bigs in, in the, the NBL. That, that feels like it's going to be something we see on the regular at Melbourne United. So just a couple of quick thoughts on Melbourne to,
0: to wrap this up because Paul Smith will be texting us about being the MBL. There's, <laughs> there's, there's been so much united tour today so we're gonna tread carefully i mentioned here. jonah
1: bolden earlier so i want I to come back jonah to that
0: bolden. i want to come back to those two guys and we're going to have a, a yes. greater MBL pod at some point for all those other teams there's been heaps of stuff going on olgan has been covering Settle it all down
1: paul it'll be fine
0: <laughs> but just with uh the Travers injury replacement player. So I did some digging around and asking some questions yesterday and spoke to Dean Vickerman about Travers and also the replacement. And I asked him that. I said, look, there aren't that many teams out there these days that go around and say, yeah, we want two elite fives in the MBO. You just don't see it a lot. And he said, no, no, we're still yeah. definitely looking for a five injury replacement. They feel like they're not in a bad place in terms of being able to get something done there. Uh, but what he did say is it'll be a defensive... So think Marcus Lee last year, a guy that defensively can really hold up well. Uh, they understand they're not going to get an 18-point-per-game scorer like JLA, but they are absolutely committed to bringing in a five in that injury replacement role to play alongside, and as you pointed to, I was potentially behind uh, Ariel Hookporty at the start of the season. I think they're going to want to be careful. I don't think they're going to want to send Hookporty out there 30 minutes a night uh, to start the season, which makes a lot of sense. But I also asked him positionally where he sees Travis. And he said, No, no, no. He is locked in, he's playing the four. We want to want him to play a role that we've seen guys play similarly. But also floated the idea of some some five, which we did see a little bit at Summer League with some super, super small lineups. They love what he can do defensively, protect the rim. So I think the combination in terms of rim protection, athleticism, defense with United,
1: with Luke Travis Hookporty, reason to be pretty excited, I would imagine. That makes me happy because I did some broadcast stuff for the NBL over summer league. And I said, the one thing I'm excited about is I saw Luke Travis play a bunch of five in summer league. And it would be really funky for Dean Vickerman to play him at the five, put a bunch of shooters around him. The versatility of that team is super interesting. They can like Tanner Krebs is big, can shoot it. You got Chris Golding, you got Shay Ely. Flynn Cameron is someone who they can't, they can't speak highly enough of mm. out of Melbourne United. You can put a bunch of these dudes around Luke Travers and just run and just play through him, and, and there's just so much shooting around him potentially with a lineup like that. That makes me very happy, and I like that 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 is something that Dean Vicomit is thinking about at this point. You know, to start throwing that out there. JLA injured gives you a chance to experiment a little bit. Luke Travers at the five could be so much fun.
0: It'll be fascinating. Daly, Illy cg travis hook not the greatest floor spacing i'm not sure if that's the five they end up going with but defensively i mean geez they are they are back to melbourne united of in terms of uh, defensive uh, personnel that we've got to know under dean vickerman all right let me ask you about jonah bolden and, and alex tooey then you saw those guys you said you've you've been up close we've seen a, a few little clips on social media uh, I know it's hard with these workouts. It's not like you can often take a lot away from that, but I, I assume that you've spoke to those guys. What can you give us?
1: So I'll start on Jonah. Jonah Bolden is so interesting. Uh, I, I watched him work out two or three times for an extended period of time. Uh, the two things that stood out, the jump shot hasn't gone anywhere. Yep. it was um, It was absurd to me watching him uh, not just not just with like the catch and shoots but just guys up and in him and him being six I, I don't know how big six nine six ten he he looks I feel like he's he looks bigger than his list I think he's listed at six eight but he's big he is long and he just rises up over guys uh so that was really cool to see the fact that that jump shot after three years of not playing pro basketball really hasn't gone anywhere hmm. what has gone somewhere at least for now is that sort of pop. He doesn't have that explosiveness, that athleticism that we used to see from him. Um, that pop just isn't there yet. And that is an absolute rust thing. Uh, I spoke to him. He says that reps with reps and with uh, getting his mobility back and with training a bit more, he will get that pop back. And he, he's still dunking, but he was uh, an above average athlete in the NBA, I think. And he's just not at that point right now. Um it is helpful that the Sydney Kings have Jalen Adams and DJ Hogue and, and a really talented team yeah. around him. So they have the flexibility to allow him to sort of get where he needs to be athletically and physically. But that is something that is important to note. I don't think he's going to be some athletic monster the day he steps on an NBL floor. From a skill set perspective, I think he has that. Uh, when it comes to Tui, I said this when he first signed. He is way bigger than you think he is when you're next to him. He's he's every bit of six eight. Uh, The other thing is he's a wing. Uh, There is a sense that he's, you know, a four, three in the NBL. And then that would translate to being a three, four in the NBA. Uh, It seems like he is locked in and the Kings are locked into playing him largely at the three. Um, There is a non-zero chance that he starts at the three for the Sydney Kings. There's there, there'll be some sort of fight for that. I imagine it'll include Alex Toohey, Jalen Galloway, potentially Angus Glover, Depending on which lineups they want and, and different combinations, but the jump shot looks real. Uh, he does need to. There's, he doesn't have that pop either, but that's that's more of a youth thing. Uh, but his frame is is bigger than you think it is. He is tall. He can really shoot it. His touch around the rim is great. There is there is a lot to like there. And if he sort of, I was speaking with Jordan Lawley today. If he gets that sort of explosiveness, if he's able to work on his pickups and and learn how to sort of use his like athleticism and leverage a little bit better, then that's an NBA player sooner than later. Um Both are just super unique, big pieces for the Sydney Kings. They're very, very exciting. If
0: you I think... rambled there, I know. No, no, it was beautiful. And if you think that, I was just thinking as you were talking about Alex Toohey as well, if you think that the conversation we had Over the first 15 minutes of this podcast regarding the boomers is going to be difficult. It's going to be getting even more challenging as the years go because these guys just keep uh, coming. And we know that there is a whole host of young stars potentially uh, coming through the ranks over the next few years as well. Uh, Let's look to wrap this up. But I, I always like to give you an opportunity. No other NBL musings for the listeners that you need to throw out there?
1: Depends when this is dropping.
0: Hopefully, ASAP. What are we recording this Thursday morning around eleven AM?
1: Ah, uh, oh, I I can't put names out there. There oh, are some teams really close. It wouldn't, be, really it wouldn't close. be the first
0: time you've pissed off an NBL
1: team, so don't worry about <laughs> it, mate. They will forgive you. They will forgive you. Not for this. They won't forgive me for this. No, it it feels like, and I, I hate jinxing it because it things just inevitably fall through. It seems like Southeast is really close to a point guard. Mm-hmm. Um. It wouldn't surprise me if that happens really soon. Uh, I'm just waiting for the go-ahead. But as soon as they've they've been through this before, they were really close to a shooting guard early in the summer league. And then I hear midway through summer league, that oh, a team in the ACB came in and, and we're back to square one. So I was like, oh no. So that stuff does happen. This feels more positive than that situation. And so I, that they feel close. Sydney, Sydney Kings are really close on, on their important shooting guard as well. Uh, outside of that, I got nothing. I, I heard earlier in the week that Perth was really close on their four man, uh, but I haven't heard anything since they were the team that there was a lot of smoke about with regard to do or breathe potentially mm-hmm. returning to the NBL. Um, but that Tim, that was shut down really quickly to me. So I, I don't think that's a thing that's going to be happening. Um, that's really all I've got. I feel like, I feel, I feel bad. Cause I, I gave you a whole lot of nothing just there outside of oh teams are really close to signing guys. That's all I got. No, no, we love it. That's
0: a nice little tease for uh, NBL fans <laughs> as they listen to this podcast. And I'll give you one last opportunity. Tommy Greer is not listening to the podcast, mate. You can, uh, if you want to
1: <laughs> say, I can't.
0: Okay, all right. I'm not all.
1: I can't do it because if it doesn't happen, if I feel bad, and then it's like no. Nah. But also, like I'll, I'll let them do their job first.
0: All right, let's wrap this show up. Uh, loaded slate it was today on this podcast because uh, there is a lot of excitement building for the FIBA World Cup. As I mentioned, of course, you'll be able to watch all the Boomers games live on ESPN and uh, you'll see both myself and Algs, uh getting some sure. stuff done there uh, for the World Cup as well. We're both really, really excited in the lead up there uh, with all the Boomers stuff going on and uh, also a whole host of Aussies doing great things over in the WNBA. The basketball never stops. Go to ESPN.com.au for all the latest and for Olgs and myself, we'll leave it there. We'll be back sometime very soon. Bye,
1: everyone.